Come follow me, the Savior said. Then let us in his footsteps tread. For thus alone can we This is Lexi Austin, and you are listening to The Savior Said, Season 2. This is a weekly podcast that follows my study of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each week, I will be using the Come Follow Me curriculum of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This curriculum can be found online at comefollowme.churchofjesuschrist.org. For more fun, follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Savior Said. Please note, episodes of The Savior Said are not meant to replace your Come Follow Me experience, but to supplement your own personal study of the scriptures. Hey guys, welcome back. This is the episode for Moroni 1 through 6, To Keep Them in the Right Way. And I'm just going to start off this episode with a warning. Guys, I just did not feel the reading this week, or maybe it wasn't, I I just didn't feel the come follow me questions this week. Um, The reading selection itself was very, very short. Like you can sit down and read it in less than five minutes. Um, It's really important stuff, and I'm glad we have it because it pertains to a lot of the ordinances that we have in the church. But I just, I really struggled to get, um, I guess, depth out of it because it is so like factual ordinance based. And as I was thinking about the episode and the things that I needed to talk about, like I kept thinking, I'm like, well, maybe I need to go into, you know, priesthood ordinances or maybe I need to go into this. And it just didn't feel right. And the thing that I felt like I needed to talk about this week was about gratitude. Maybe it's because Thanksgiving's coming up and so gratitude is fresh on my mind, but I felt like I needed to talk about gratitude and how these ordinances help us express our gratitude to our Heavenly Father. But I was like, how do I kind of like mix ordinances and gratitude together? And then I found this talk by Dale G. Renland. It came from the April 2020 General Conference. It's called the Consider the Goodness and Greatness of God. And at first glance, it looks like it has nothing to do with what our chapters are talking about this week. But when I went in, I was able to find bits and pieces of that talk that went along very well with what Come Follow Me asks. So we're going to go in and do it. I don't know how long this episode's going to be because again, I this episode just feels different and I'm not sure why, but it does. Okay. Well, let's go into Come Follow Me. So the introduction says, After finishing his father's record of the Nephites and abridging the record of the Jaredites, Moroni thought at first that his record-keeping work was done. What more was there to say about two nations that were utterly destroyed? But Moroni had seen our times, and he was inspired to write a few more things that perhaps they may be of worth in some future day. He knew that widespread apostasy was coming— bringing with it confusion about priesthood ordinances and religion in general. This may be why he gave clarifying details about the sacrament, baptism, conferring the gift of the Holy Ghost, and the blessings of gathering with fellow believers to keep each other in the right way, relying alone upon the merits of Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Precious insights like these could give us reason to be thankful that the Lord preserved Moroni's life so he could write a few more things. Okay, a couple of things from the introduction there. First of all, we have Moroni, who is the last one. He's left, the last man standing. And he starts writing about these ordinances and the importance of meeting together with others oft. Like meeting together often as a group because he's by himself. Um, And he was still able to stay faithful to God even by himself. I'm so amazed at that. I'm amazed at his foresight and his 
like wanting to help us out, even though he was all by himself. I'm also amazed. Again, this is something that's come to me multiple times this year is you can still be doing the right thing and you can still be following Heavenly Father the exact way you're supposed to. And things can still be really, really hard. Um, I have to imagine that this was probably a very lonely and very hard time for him. And he was doing everything right. But it was just something that he had to go through. And so that helps me know that when stuff goes wrong, it's not necessarily something I've done, but just something I have to go through. And then it ends with one of my favorite verses where it talks about um, relying alone upon the merits of Christ, who was the author of our faith. I love that they call Christ an author because I love books and I love authors. So I love that they use that word to refer to Christ. And then it says, precious insights like these give us reason to be thankful that the Lord preserved Moroni's life so he could write just a few more things. And so then I match that up with a section of the Dale G. Renlin talk that says, throughout time, even and especially during difficult times, Prophets have encouraged us to remember the greatness of God and to consider what he has done for us as individuals, as families, and as people. Pause there. So that's what I feel like Moreau and I was doing. You know, he is in the middle of like this wasteland I see in my mind by himself, and he is still telling us, hey, you've got these ordinances, and they're going to give saving power to your life, and be grateful for that. You know, I'm like... Yes, he's. it's like he's speaking from the dust to, about these ordinances, and we can be grateful that we have others to support us in them. Continuing on with Dale G. Renland, This direction is found throughout the scriptures, but is notably prominent in the Book of Mormon. The title page explains that one of the Book of Mormon's promises is to show unto the remnant of the house of Israel what great things the Lord hath done for their fathers. The Book of Mormon's conclusion includes Moroni's appeal, Behold, I would exhort you that when you shall read these things, you would remember how merciful the Lord has been unto the children of men, and ponder it in your hearts. So that was the section of Dale G. Renlund's talk, Consider the Goodness and Greatness of God, that I felt went along kind of with the introduction. Okay, the first section in Come Follow Me, Disciples of Jesus Christ Remain Faithful Despite Opposition. For some people, it's easier to be faithful in times of ease and in comfort. But as disciples of Jesus Christ, we must remain faithful, even when we face trials and opposition. As you read Moroni 1, what inspires you about Moroni's faithfulness to the Lord and to his calling? And how can you follow his example? Again, it's just his, like, outlast that he's got here. That he's still faithful even when he's by himself. That he's still going through hard stuff, but he's still holding on. Um, That's just amazing to me, that even when no one is around he still held on and was still faithful to the Lord. And I think that's something that we are all finding for ourselves right now during COVID-19 when we are so separated from others. It's kind of, I guess, a dry run for kind of being like Moroni. You know, when you are individualized by yourself, can you rely on your faith? And that's a good test, I think, for all of us. Looking at Moroni 1 is so sad. Um, Just the couple of verses there. Now I'm Moroni. After having made an end of abridging the account of the people of Jared, I had supposed not to have written more, but I have not yet perished, and I make not myself known to the Lamanites, lest they should destroy me. For behold, their wars are exceedingly fierce among themselves. Because of their hatred, they put to death every Nephite that will not deny the Christ. And I, Moroni, will not deny the Christ. Wherefore, I wander whithersoever I can for the safety of my own life. Wherefore, I write a few more things, contrary to that which I had supposed. For I had supposed not to have written any more. 
and I write a few more things that perhaps they may be of worth unto my brethren the Lamanites in some future day, according to the will of the Lord. To me, that is so touching because I don't know if Moroni was ever married or if he ever had children, but if he did, they're gone now. Um, The Lamanites have killed them. I know for sure he had a father and he had a mother. He had to have had a mother. I don't know if he had brothers or sisters, but they're gone now. The Lamanites probably killed them. And so he would have every reason in the world to hate this people, but he is still writing these things because they may be of worth unto his brethren, the Lamanites in some future day, according to the will of the Lord. How faithful is that? Um, He's trying to preserve the, not even his own posterity, but the posterity of his brethren who he has every reason to hate right now. Um, To me, that's just so gracious of him and forgiving One of the quotes I found from the Dale G. Renlund talk says, When we consider the goodness of our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, our trust in them increases. Pause. And that's what I saw with Moroni is that he trusted his Heavenly Father. You know, it's not my time to die yet. Um, I may feel like everything's gone and I'm all alone, but it's not yet my time to perish. And so I'm going to preserve my own life by running away from the Lamanites any time that I can. Um... But I'm going to trust in the goodness and greatness of my Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Okay, unpause. Dale G. Renland. Our prayers change because we know God is our Father and we are His children. We seek not to change His will, but to align our will with His and secure for ourselves blessings that He wants to grant, conditioned on our asking for them. We yearn to be more meek, more pure, more steadfast, more Christ-like. These changes qualify us for additional blessings. What blessings do you think Moroni must have seen there while he's wandering by himself? Um, I hope that there was goodness and greatness of God blessings with him. I hope he had this, the comforting spirit with him, you know? Okay, so this is the section next that talks about the priesthood ordinances. And so we go through several ordinances like confirmation, baptism, priesthood ordination, the sacrament, and they're all things that, I mean, not like baptisms happen every day or anything, but they're things that are, I guess, routine enough to to us that when I went through and I read them, I was like, oh, this isn't that different than what I'm normally used to. I know that there's a more modern version of the baptism prayer that we actually use that's in D&C. And so this, it's a little bit different from Moroni's version of the baptismal prayer. But, um, you know, I was like, it just didn't like rock my world or anything. So here we go. We're going to talk a little bit more about it. Here we go. Come follow me says, during his mortal ministry, the Savior received and administered sacred ordinances such as baptism, priesthood ordination, and the sacrament. However, because of the great apostasy, many people today are confused about how ordinances must be performed and even when that whether they are needed at all. Okay, pause there. So I see that in the South. Um, we have different congregations that will do everything from sprinkling a few drops of water on the head of the person and saying they're baptized to actually dunking them like we do, complete immersion in a tank of water. Then there are other congregations that say, you just need to say, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And that's all you got to do. There is no actual physical outward manifestation of, you know, what you are promising to do. So it's all over the place. And I could see even back then in Moroni's day where, you know, you wouldn't necessarily as if there was a congregation, because there wasn't a congregation, he was by himself. But if there had been congregations, how it would be very easy when you're so disconnected from each other to get things to kind of go off tracks and things can get kind of weird when you add a word in here or a word in there and then things kind of get a little squirrely. 
So I could see why it would be very helpful to have it written down and why it's so important for us to stick to word by word to make sure that they stay correct. Um, when I was younger, it seemed kind of silly to me, especially with the sacramental prayers, to that we had to read them verbatim. Like, why do we have to say them word by word by word? And I realized it's because when you start taking out words, even by accident, or when you start adding words, even by accident, all of a sudden, it changes a little bit. And those little bit of changes over time gradually takes on kind of like the telephone game. If you've ever played that when you were younger, where one person whispers something and the other person whispers the next thing and the next person, it passes on down until it's something totally different. You know, we change it even a little bit and it starts down that path, which is why it's so important to have these blessings and these ordinances written down so we know exactly what to say and to follow them word by word. Okay, unpause. Back into Moroni and come follow me. Okay. In Moroni 2 through 6, Moroni provided important details about certain priesthood ordinances that can help clear up some of that confusion. What impressions come as you learn about the ordinances in these chapters? So the first thing that I thought of was why. Why do we need these ordinances? And Dale G. Renlin talks a little bit about that in his talk. He says, each of us has received gifts that we could not provide for ourselves. Okay, pause there. We are not the authors and finishers of our own faiths. Our Savior is the author and finisher of our faith. So we can't rely on our own merits to save us. We have to rely on him. And that's why these ordinances are so important. Okay, and pause. We have received life in this world. We will receive physical life in the hereafter, eternal life and exaltation, if we choose it, all because of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Every time we use, benefit from, or even think about these gifts, we ought to consider the sacrifice, the generosity and compassion of the givers. Reverence for the givers, meaning our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, does not more than make us just grateful. Reflecting on their gifts can and should transform us. And that's what these ordinances do. They help us remember the gifts of our Heavenly Father and our Savior and qualify for those gifts. And then when thinking back on things like about your baptism or about your confirmation, it changes us. It changes and transforms us to become more like them when we remember and we reflect on the greatness of God. So let's move on to the next section and come follow me. The next section says, the following are some questions you might ask to help you learn more about these ordinances. The first of these ordinances is confirmation. And this is from Moroni 2 and Moroni 6 through 4. It says, what do the Savior's instructions in Moroni 2 to teach you about the ordinance of confirmation? Well, let's see. It says, and he called them by my name, saying, you shall call on the Father in my name in mighty prayer. And after you have done this, you shall have the power that to him upon whom you shall lay your hands, you shall give the Holy Ghost. And in my name, you shall give it. And for thus do mine apostles. And then come follow me goes on to say, what do you think it means to be wrought upon and cleansed by the power of the Holy Ghost? And I actually found in the Dale G. Renlin talk, he references a verse in Ezekiel that answers that beautifully. Like I love the way the words that it uses. It says, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and you shall be my people and I will be your God. I love that where it talks about changing our heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh with his spirit. Um, that's really what it means to me. I think it means changing our hearts from something hard and immovable and stubborn to something that is more Christ-like. 
you know, and that the Holy Ghost helps us become more Christ-like. It helps take out those, that hardening that happens. You know, the Book of Mormon talks a lot about hard hearts and hardening of hearts, and um, the Holy Ghost prevents that from happening. So that's what that means to me. The next section it talks about is priesthood ordination. And it says, what do you find in this chapter that could help someone prepare to be ordained to the priesthood? What do you find that would help someone perform an ordination? Um, one of the things I noticed in Moroni 3, 3, it says, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ordain you to be a priest, or if you be a teacher, I ordain you to be a teacher to preach repentance and remission of sins through Jesus Christ by the endurance of faith on his name to the end. Amen. So, that was interesting to me because I had never put that together with those priesthood offices. I mean, I knew that they were to bring people to Christ, right? But I had always been like, oh, if he's a priest or teacher, he gets to pass the sacrament. Like, that's what he does. But no, I mean, the end goal of the sacrament is to bring people to Christ. So I love that part about preaching repentance and the remission of sins through Jesus Christ. Like, that's really what your role is. I love that. And so then... To that end, I found another scripture that Dale G. Renlin quotes, and it's from 3 Nephi. It's 3 Nephi 27, 14 through 15. It says, And my father sent me that I might be lifted up upon the cross. And after that, I had been lifted up upon the cross that I might draw all men unto me. And for this cause, I have been lifted up. Therefore, according to the power of the father, I will draw all men unto me. What does it take for you to be drawn to the Savior? Consider Jesus Christ's submission to his Father's will, his victory over death, his taking upon himself your sins and mistakes, his receiving power from the Father to make intercession for you, and his ultimate redemption of you. Are these things not sufficient to draw you to him? They are for me. Jesus Christ stands with open arms, hoping and willing to heal, forgive, cleanse, strengthen, purify, and sanctify you and me. And that was from Dale G. Renlund's talk. And so that really spoke to me because the power of the priesthood, the end goal, the end result of all the priesthood ordinances is to draw us to the Savior and to our Father in heaven. Like that is the end goal. The end goal isn't just just pass around pieces of bread and water. The end goal is to bring us to our Savior and our Heavenly Father. And it's through the blessing of that bread and water and passing that around and having the power to do that, that draws us to them. So That's something that kind of stood out to me. Okay, then this leads into the sacrament, okay? Come follow me says, note the promises in the sacrament prayers and ponder what you are doing to keep your promises. What can you do to invite the influence of the spirit more powerfully as you participate in the sacrament? And one of the things that I noticed was the word remember. And again, that's something else that has stood out to me a lot this year as we've done the Book of Mormon is the importance of remembering. And... What it does when we remember our Heavenly Father and our Savior, especially daily, but especially in those moments when we're taking the sacrament. And I also thought a lot about the sacrament prayer, because that's what's listed here um, in these these particular chapters. And for a long time, I was really glad that I wasn't a boy that had to bless the sacrament, because I was like, that must be mortifying when you mess it up. Um, I think the record in our ward for one young man who just had the hardest time with it was seven times he had to re-say the prayer over and over again because he had one spot that he was messing up on. Um, And I just, I felt so bad for him when that happened. But Brad Wilcox has a really interesting story that kind of has changed the way I think about that. So Brad Wilcox says, the young priest drops to his knees to read the prayer 
Oh God, the Eternal Father, he begins. His voice sounds shaky and unsure. We ask thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Then silence. Although few members of the congregation can recite the sacrament prayers from memory, most are familiar enough with them that they can recognize when something didn't sound quite right. So can the young priest. So can his companions. So can the bishop, to whom the boy looks for direction. The bishop makes eye contact and nods gently, indicating that the young man should begin again. He does. O God, the Eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this water. Silence. He is blessing the bread. Oh no! Again he looks to the bishop who indicates he needs to start once more. My friend Brett Sanders once pointed out to me that in such a moment we learn a great deal about the Savior's atonement. The sacrament prayers must be offered word for word. The bishop has the responsibility to verify that they are spoken flawlessly. So what happens when the person saying the prayer doesn't get it right? Is he replaced? Ridiculed? Or rejected? No, because that's not the Savior's way. But the bishop can't just overlook the problem, can he? No, he can't. The Lord requires the prayers to be perfect. Although the sacramental prayers have to be perfect and that expectation cannot be lowered, the priest is given a second chance and a third as many times as it takes. There is no trap door that opens up once he has gone too far. The bishop simply nods and the priesthood holder starts over until he finally gets the prayers right. No matter how many mistakes are made and corrected along the way, the final outcome is counted as perfect and acceptable. God, like the bishop, cannot lower the standard that we ultimately need to become perfect. But he can give us as many opportunities to start again. Like the young priest, we are all given the time we need to correct our mistakes. Perfection is our long-term goal, but for now, our goal is progress in that direction. Continuous progress that is possible only through the continuous atonement. I love that way of looking at it. So now the next time the priest messes up or has to restart the prayer or whatever, instead of looking at it like, oh, I'd be so embarrassed if I were him, I'm going to look at it like, oh. That's the atonement. That's how it applies to me in my life. Because when I mess up or when I make a mistake, I can turn to my Heavenly Father and He nods and He says I can start again. And I can begin to become more and more like Him. Every time I mess up, I have the chance to recover and become more like Him again. So that was something that stood out to me when we talked about sacrament prayers. The next and last section here in the ordinances part is baptism. And it says, what can you do to continue to meet the qualifications for baptism given in these verses, even after you are baptized? What do these verses suggest to you about what it means to be a member of the church of Jesus Christ? Okay. So the first that really stood out to me was Moroni 6, 2 and 3. And 2 says, neither did they receive any unto baptism, save they came forth with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, and witnessed unto the church that they truly repented of all their sins. And none were received unto baptism, save they took upon them the name of Christ, having a determination to serve him to the end. So that was the qualifications to be baptized. And we all met those qualifications at one point in our life if we've been baptized. But can we meet those qualifications again every week as we go to take the sacrament? Yeah. Have a broken heart, a contrite spirit, witness that you've truly repented of all your sins, 
and then take upon you the name of Christ and have a determination to serve him to the end. Like those are qualifications that I can strive to meet in my daily life. And that's what I learned from Moroni 6, 2, and 3 about baptism. Dale G. Renlund says, By acknowledging that every good thing comes from Jesus Christ, we will communicate our faith more effectively to others. We will have courage when confronting with seemingly impossible tasks and circumstances. We will strengthen our resolve to keep the covenants we have made to follow the Savior. We will be filled with the love of God and to help those in need without being judgmental, love our children, and raise them in righteousness, retain a remission of our sins, and always rejoice. These are the remarkable fruits of remembering God's goodness and mercy. And that's what we do. Every time we take the sacrament, we remember being baptized and obtaining his goodness and his mercy. Okay, so I'm going to end the episode there. Um, and I want you guys to go back and read that talk by Dale G. Renlund, the Consider the Goodness and Greatness of God. Um, also, I want to let you guys know, just a heads up, that I have decided to end The Savior Said. Oh, I don't even know if I've decided to end it as much as go on hiatus. I need a break, guys. So I'm going to finish out the Book of Mormon section of Come Follow Me. And then once uh, DNC starts up, I'm going to take a hiatus for a little while. Um, it may be permanent. I don't know. Or it may be like four months into it, I get bored and want to do it again. I don't know. But I will leave the back catalog up for you guys to listen to for New Testament and the Book of Mormon for as long as I can. Um, and I thank you guys so much for being part of my journey these last two years. It has been an incredible ride, but it is, it's just time to, to let it go. Um, my Heavenly Father and I have had lots of talks about it. And, you know, when I first started the podcast, I felt like it was a calling. Like he had given me a calling that I needed to do this. And in my recent talks with him, I felt like I've been released from that calling. So that's why I feel like it's okay to kind of wrap up these next few episodes and then kind of say adieu, kind of like Jacob did. So um, I'm going to leave this episode here. I hope you guys have an awesome week. I love you guys. Bye, y'all. The Savior Said is not an official product or endorsed by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All comments and opinions are my own personal opinions and not representative of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The music used in The Savior Said is Fireflies and Stardust by Kevin McLeod. The hymn quoted in the opening is Come Follow Me, lyrics by John Nicholson. The Come Follow Me curriculum can be found at comefollowme.churchofjesuschrist.org. For show notes, new episode alerts, and other fun and inspirational things, check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesaviorsaid. You can also find me on Instagram. Comments or questions? Email me at thesaviorsaid at gmail.com. Content in The Savior Said is copyright protected. All rights are reserved. Thank you for listening. 